Hello and welcome to the fourth podcast of Edition VFO. My name is David Kellett and this week I spoke with Costa Rican artist Federico Herrero, who is currently based in San Jose. Federico Herrero developed a new work titled Uvita for our current exhibition When Color Becomes Four. Uvita is a seven-color lithography that has been produced with Keystone Editions in Berlin. In our conversation, we were talking about his painterly practice as well as his general approach to art making. Also, we were touching the topics of printmaking and how he first developed his monoprints several years ago. So you often speak um, of colors as of living organisms and as part of our common world or also as uh, volumes and sounds. So like how do you experience color in the everyday life and how do you translate these experience into your work? I think it relates a bit with the context where I am and in the way, at least in my city, which I think it's not the only one, but there's this use of color and pigment in the urban structure and in life in general. People here have a tendency to paint everything. So um, there's a lot of communication of politically or just uh, publicity or just feelings or just emotions because people can paint there, normally will paint the, the, the rocks or the trees or whatever they have in front of them in the urban structure. It's something that happens, I think, in a lot of places. So I always think as a painter where, where painting is happening. And uh, that kind of idea, it's interesting for me to think about it, like where, as a painter that is alive in this context, historically, where, where is painting actually right now? which is uh, for me somehow it's really everywhere even in the white uh, wall you have behind you uh, it's it's been painted that kind of gestural kind of painting as a continuum it's something that i perceive as a live entity in a way that's when i uh, maybe connect with that kind of uh, feeling about it one aspect that i normally think about is this possibility that painting could exist as an independent entity, as an entity that is not connected so much anymore with the history of painting and the history of art. So, so let's say like somehow it, it starts to be autonomous and that kind of become interesting for me. You were talking about colors that are like everywhere and that are painted in all structures and you see them in everyday life. So you do also street photography a bit, or I have uh, your book also here, where there, where there are the representations of certain urban paintings that uh, are really informative and then people also get a different view probably of your approach to painting. How important is this? Like, how do these found paintings inform your way of work on the one hand and on the other How do you, again, translate this into your mural paintings? Because I think you also do a lot of muralistic work. At first I was using photography because I was uh, placing some things in the public space, like signs. They, I, I used to do like this kind of publicity, like if, which was fake in a sense that was not really 
publicizing anything, just had a lot of a few elements, some kind of dates, some kind of time, but really we was not going anywhere. And I would place a lot of these signs in the public space. And it was a bit of a kind of very interesting ex experiment in how these signs were taken by people and play sometimes they would appear somewhere else, for example. And sometimes where they were just out, somebody took them, sometimes they would stay. And sometimes I would take them back to my studio. And but photography was always there to document these things. And I always felt that the placement of the work was not in the documentation of it, it was really in the action in these stories, in, in what was really taking place there, right? In the notion that the the, the, the sign was taken and placed somewhere else by a stranger, right? It's, a, it's an extension of, of, of the gesture. And so that's how photography started to appear in the process. And it, it stayed there. For, for, so for many, many years after that, I've, I've been just documenting situations where nature meets the urban structure and, and vice versa, right? In the tropics, it's like an everyday negotiation, right? I think when you are in, in Central Europe, you, you would never perceive these kind of possible changes. But in the tropics, and I think it, that's why this is not common to a lot of places in the world, the, that kind of crossing where humans and urban structure meet the, the actual world, the, the, the nature and, and uh, the structure that is growing permanently, right? Mm -hmm. I think I love to find those crossings. And that kind of crossing, um, it's also much more really informing always the work. And and uh, I tend to document them by photography. And, and again, until this point, it's been more like a like a uh, internal process of this of the studio. But eventually, maybe that would take uh, some different shape in the future. So that also goes back to this kind of wall paintings, wall mural kind of works that are site specific, you know, really play with the architecture and, and um, try to create kind of a bridge between the, the notion of the canvas, the studio, the, the, the everyday life in the urban thread. And it's a kind of, it's kind of a bridge between them in a way. So I have seen your recent exhibition at James Cohen in New York. There were paintings, there were sculptures, and there were wall painting installations. Is that something that you also always do? So, or is it, does it depend from show to show? Or is it the spectrum of work that you want uh, the, that you want to show that you have almost a Gesamtkunstwerk approach to play with the entire space my approach is really not about making something in the studio and bring it into a certain space really it does not work this way um, I do have a process that is activated in the studio and there are paintings happening there but something about the giving space, it's also activated and starts, there's, there's a certain process that appears to, to, to be engaging both in a very unconscious way. Um, 
perhaps not so unconscious, but there's something about it that it starts to be negotiated and what, what the context of the space and the proportionality and where is this space, the neighborhood, the, the city, the, the kind of specifics about, about it starts to inform a little bit, right? So I don't work with such clear kind of specifics, but there are givens, uh, for example, the certain volumes in the space, kind of uh, the way you have the narrative of a gallery or, or, uh, or the narrative of a certain given space that also begins to trigger a certain way to tell a story, right? And um, for the recent shows, I've, I've started to, let's say, start to think about the notion of the transfer from flat surface to a certain idea of volume. I always felt that color has a certain vibrational quality, so that becomes certainly close to the world of of sounds and, and maybe when you have a composition of colors, then maybe it starts to be close to the world of, of music. So I think there's a lot of those processes that I certainly combine as if they had certain similar properties. And then I began to think of that kind of transfer from form and color into volume. I make these volumes, I make them in cement and concrete because I think they relate directly to the urban structures, to how pigment is placed in these urban structures. Uh, given us a clear example, uh, yellow paint in the sideways, so parks don't, uh, cars don't park, let's say that, that's an example. Um, so they, they relate to that world and um, in the last show I presented here in San Jose, in, in Museo Nacional, I presented works on paper with volumes in concrete and one site-specific and canvas. So there were these four elements in dialogue. How did you first come to print at all? Like, how, how did it happen? And how was your first approach to print? Because I think your prints at the beginning seem very different to the other work but then the more you get into it you get uh, like yes. the, the bridge between them yes so through the years i had different times where i had a, a given invitations to, to produce work on paper and i was always kind of post postponing this and suddenly about four years ago i had this invitation from it's a project for charity for housing and they have an international network and they wanted to uh, invite me as the artist of costa rica and the notion was to produce this set of prints in berlin because they were based in berlin and at some point i went to berlin and we had a session of about two or three weeks, I don't remember exactly, maybe two weeks or one week even, but um, at the Keystone studio, that was my first time to meet them. And uh, at first I went for the mono type, the mono print, definitely felt the, the, the type of, of uh, format that I would felt uh, more comfortable with uh, because of the notion of the, it was more like a unique, and I, and I created for me, it really felt like painting in a way. 
like painting on paper. Um, so that felt uh, very re kind of comfortable with the pro pro process. At first, I I would say I was quite lost into what to do. Yes, I was really like making more like drawings, uh, more like a linear work. I guess I just made this kind of transition into volume, right? Into from from the linear work to the to the volumetric, and I was again beginning to connect the the notion of the paper as a space, right? where you have this kind of set of rules that are similar to architecture or a set of rules that are similar to a painting on canvas in front of you. And are they informed often also by uh, structures from landscape or are these imaginary works? Because the works that I have seen or that we are showing also now in the exhibition, like if you get into them, you can imagine like in all of them a certain um yeah natural landscape in a way but very yeah. abstract i'm really not trying to represent anything as a representation comes to uh, as a tool but it's it's really just about how do you create this kind of memory through through a combination of or a set of of elements right so sometimes There are given times where, when, like for the project uh, with Ubita, right? Uh, this is an actual place in the Caribbean. Of yeah, Costa this is Rica the print the we are I... thankfully did with you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a it's a place I love, and I and I. It's not like I went there and, and did a sketch about it. But how did it come about now with this lithography? So, because for me also the interesting comparison was. Also, that's uh, why we chose to show like the monotypes alongside the new lithography in the exhibition, the different mm. approach mm. towards uh, space and towards uh, like white or, or negative space, as we were talking yes. before. So yeah. how did it happen that uh, this uh, lithograph, which is um, which has seven colors and has mm -hmm. actually no white in it. I mean, has white probably yeah. in the mix no of edge, colors, yeah. but no edge. Yeah. Like how did it come about and how did you, uh, I mean, if you can explain just a bit how you developed the idea of the project. We did a, a lithography for South London Gallery uh, a few years ago. I think it's this, it comes as a decision in the way that you want to, first of all, separate the aesthetic of, of one and the other. And um, this type of process, I'm, I feel very, very connected uh, with you, the curator, and with uh, Uli at the printing studio. And it's something I try to uh, talk a lot. I mean, to think about this type of, of decisions, uh, with, you know, uh, think about them quite enough. Um, But I think it's something about the picture itself, the, the image itself really was definitely much more powerful when you remove the, the framing, the, the white frame in the case of Ubita. So at the end, it's just a notion uh, very much trying to find the, where the, the image is going to be more uh, powerful and where it's going to work the best in the, in the technical aspect, right? Together with you know, with what it's in the image itself, how it's how it's just gonna uh, come 
together better, right? The different colors in this work, mm. are, are they representing certain features that you have in mind from the place, which would be like the uh, rainforest or the mm. sky or the... Or or mm. how because it's a very it's yeah, a very it's poetic work, but uh, it's yeah. because people are always there reading think, the text and they're trying to understand yeah. like what is what is meant by these colors. So yeah, yes, there's the blue. There's this um, uh, central shape, right, mm -hmm. which has this kind of deep, deep uh, greenish blue. Um, it's a very deep kind of color. And when you are there, the jungle, the, the rainforest is touching the ocean almost, right? It's this type of, of, of beaches that has only a tiny strip of sand and the forest is touching the ocean. And also that area is very beautiful for swimming. So I think I wanted to portray a sense of depth in the, in the central shape that is almost at the same time the, the mountain, which is in the part of the landscape, but also the water. So it was a way for me to create a sense of depth that somehow reflects both aspects of the water and the, and the mountain. And the elements around this, uh, like the yellow, the bright yellow and the blue, It's, it's really about the temperature, right? The, the, the sense of the blue sky of the Caribbean and the temperature of, of it. So I really tend to focus on these really particular notions that may be hard to put in words. Sometimes they're just about the time of the day, for example, or, or a feeling of temperature as, as in fresh or hot or, or this type of depths. So... Some of these aspects I, w I wanted to translate into color and form, and it's a bit how I, I tend to work. Thank you for listening to our podcast with Federico Herrero. The new work Uvita, as well as four monoprints of the artist, can be seen in our current exhibition When Color Becomes Form, that is on view up until the 30th of January 2021. If you liked this episode, please feel free to subscribe to our SoundCloud channel or also to our general newsletter to be updated about our current news. For more information on the artists or on the current exhibition, please visit our website www.vfo.ch. For any questions, you can reach us via email through info at vfo.ch. Thank you very much.